Hey everybody, I'm Joe Strain and this is the Joy Rush Podcast. Today we're joined by Gabby Madden, the owner and operator of Gab's NYC, located on 76 Carmine Street in New York, New York. Gab's is a new West Village restaurant with a focus on locally sourced and sustainable ingredients. They've got a creative and playful menu that changes with the season. The Michelin Guide said, owner Gabby Madden and chef Nate Ashton have fashioned a quirky, lovable space, complete with rose pink banquettes, light mauve, light mauve walls, mismatched chandeliers, and color abstract art, colorful abstract artwork. But don't misjudge this Philly space since they're doing some serious cooking here. Gabby, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So you guys are doing some serious cooking there, but the space is being described as frilly. How would you describe the space? Because I know from firsthand that you have, if not all of the artwork on the wall, uh, have made a significant amount of artwork that is in the restaurant. Yeah, I mean, I would describe the space as like a little over the top. Um, I'm definitely like a maximalist. So, you know, lots of color, lots of art, lots of objects, sculptures, that kind of thing. <laughs> but all, some of, most of the artwork is mine, all of the paintings. There's a few like candelabras by some friends and a few other pieces, photographs and illustrations that are done by you know, some other people that I know, artists that I know. And are you shifting those out and yeah. selling any of the pieces? Or are they all kind of staples right now and you're just leaving right. them as is? They're all kind of staples. I've had a lot of people ask and inquire about it. And, you know, I'm always open to that conversation because there's any plenty more art to be hung and to be made. But for the first year, we've kind of hung on to the pieces that are here. Nice. Yeah, I love that you kind of describing it as over the top and just like loud. Uh, in terms of the presence, because I mean, even making my own brand and, and posting on social media, um, I feel like we have all have a tendency to kind of be reserved or kind of be a little quieter. And sometimes it's that loudness or just like expressing yourself to the fullest. That's really helpful in people making a connection and remembering your space. Like if, if you were, if you design a space that's like any other restaurant in New York City, it might not be as memorable as if it's all you and everything that you're feeling and, and seeing and, and putting it in that space. Totally. I mean, if there's one thing that like I've learned over this year of operating is that like when we first opened, I spent a lot of time thinking about like, oh, you know, how is like a restaurant of this level supposed to act or what level of service are we supposed to be bringing and what kind of music should we be playing? And then, you know, a few months in, I was like, wait, this is called Gats. Like it has to be genuine and from the heart and like not hold back at all and as soon as we started you know being ourselves and putting everything out there and telling people our story I feel like that's the moment that we really started to like gain a crowd of regulars and people that like connected with what we were doing here that's awesome yeah Yeah. I think it's it sounds cliche I think because everyone always says it and it's so hard for people to accept it but just like being yourself really helps you resonate resonate with those people that are on your same wavelength and that are going to connect with your your atmosphere, your food and your energy. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is way easier said than done like, oh, just be yourself and like it will happen, but like sometimes it takes more than that, you know, you're you're unsure if anybody wants to even like know what's going on behind the paintings or know about like who's serving you the food or where your food are coming from, but I think people want to be engaged a lot more than you think and they're a lot more open than you know you have in your mind 
And speaking to that, um, I had uh, Steven Casado on the show for earlier in the, in the episodes. Um, he's a YouTube chef uh, based out of New York. His show is called Not Another Cooking Show. Um, but knowing that we were going to be speaking in the future, I asked him a question about what type of content he thinks uh, restaurants could benefit from creating and, and using to expand through TikTok and Instagram. And one of the things that he specifically mentioned was kind of like you were saying, people um, seeing the story behind the people that are serving them the food or creating the food or even behind the artwork and kind of just creating segments of each section of the restaurant and getting to know everyone at the restaurant as if they were a character. Um, so that's really cool to hear you kind of say that too and see how that links up because I would certainly love to see um, content about like the characters within Gabs and how the restaurant flows and maybe day-to-day -day operations or the chaos of creating the menu. Yeah, absolutely. Chef and I are going to have a meeting tomorrow, actually, because we were talking about like, okay, how can we kind of direct our content more to kind of like tell the story of what we're doing here? Because, you know, you can have a million influencers in or post a million food pictures, but the content that like I've seen with the most engagement are the bits and pieces like about the story of the restaurant or highlighting, you know, one of our team members and that kind of thing. So... That's awesome. I'm excited to hear how that conversation goes and, yeah. and see some of the content come out. Um, but speaking to the the story of Gabs, um, how how did Gabs start for everyone that's listening? Um, yeah. Well, I had worked at the restaurant industry for you know about ten years in New York, and I worked through the entire pandemic. And at the end of the pandemic, I was like, okay. I can put these hours in and look for somebody else and maybe help them build their business. Or, you know, I can kind of take all of this energy that I have right now at this point in my life and put it into my own project and give it a go. So I left my job and I pretty much started talking to a bunch of my regulars and friends and family and pitching them the idea and started looking for a space. And a group of people that you know that were willing to help me and we found this space in the west village and pretty much we just worked and worked and worked until you know we made the dream happen that's awesome no i remember seeing um your first tiktok post i think you reposted to instagram talking about the <clears throat> um talking about the construction project uh and just seeing the bare bones of what used to be Gabs in that long wooden bar um, in the location. And so it was like, okay, this is Gabs doing this. This is so awesome. Yeah, it was a super small team. I mean, we opened on a really, really tight budget, like an unimaginable New York budget. But my, I had a friend who's a contractor, and he really helped me out. It was pretty much just him, myself, and these two construction guys for like six months, you know, doing everything like, all the interior design, you know, I did myself and designed the bar. Uh, Chef actually started working with me that summer. So he did design the kitchen and pick out a lot of the equipment. But other than that, it was us and a couple of contractors. And we really just kind of figured it out as we went. So, um, so if I was going to start a restaurant or someone listening, what would be the first couple steps you would say 
in order to get the ball rolling, start getting support uh, if you're really serious about it? Okay, so I would say that do the opposite of what I did, which was that, you know, like I kind of jumped in feet first and was like, okay, I'm going to find the space. I'm going to like show the investors the space and have this idea and kind of like raise the funds as we're negotiating the space and all this stuff. And I would say that the first step would be to get yourself organized, like put a, a deck together, put together like a really solid business plan have a very clear vision of what it is that you want people to, you know, get behind and also have a conversation with yourself about like, okay, why am I asking people to do this? You know, they're really investing in you as a person and your commitment to this project and your vision. So like, it has to be something that you really believe in. So, you know, tap into like where your passions are and what you feel like you can put 150% of yourself behind because that's the only way you're going to be able to convince other people to like come on that journey with you and then you know send it out to more people than you would think like I definitely was more conservative in my approach to who I was going to ask to be an investor and come on this project but I think I had like a larger pool of people that would be interested than I thought and I feel like you know reach out to everybody as far as you can see and you never know who's gonna like want to help you and from there you know find the space but the most important things are like talk to everyone and anybody that you know and trust in your circle ask them for advice and have all the information behind you and you know be passionate about your idea that's perfect and I know finding, figuring out the vision is often easier said than done. Um, no matter what discipline you're, or industry you're looking to kind of make a footprint in or make your own, um, do your own thing in, how did you kind of find clarity in your vision for Gabs? Well, I started to think about the things that like, okay, I'm starting a business in, you know, 2022 2023 like what are some of my main things that I want to contribute so part of that was you know like sustainability and food sourcing um so I was like okay I definitely want to do something that's based on seasonality and farm to table and buying ingredients from you know small local farmers and the other thing was that and it's like, okay, how can we serve a really high quality product, but also allow people to have fun? Like, I don't necessarily enjoy going out to like a super stuffy restaurant where it's like extremely fine dining. I like to know, get to know like the server, be a part of the environment and have a lot of fun. So that's kind of where the idea of like, it's kind of going to be like my sunken 70s living room. Like it needs to feel like you're coming into my home and having a really unique experience so it was kind of those two things like how can we have some kind of sustainability as far as food sourcing and how can we have like a lot of fun and heart in a space got it and then from i i regrettably have still not been able to go and sit <laughs> down i have i remember stopping in briefly when i was in new york for 
like 48 hours. Um, coincidentally, my friend Rachel was uh, teaching a workout class right next door um, and I was DJing there. But when I popped up, I saw you working the bar, like you were cleaning the bar or, or taking care of something early in the morning. So I was able to pop in and see the space, which is awesome. Um, but I've had a bunch of friends go and they've had nothing but amazing things to say. So I'm still really excited to go and check out the food um, because the space is incredible. Yeah, Chef is unbelievable. His food is like a real experience. It's great. Which, which brings me to my next question, which was, so you're an operator and you kind of curate, it's like you've curated the space, the the energy, the food. How how does the food play into it and how does your role in, in creating the menu with uh, Chef work? So I really trust Chef like exclusively to deal with the food um i'm really just like a sounding board for him you know i have a big passion for food and cooking but it's really all of his creative ideas and you know sourcing and recipes and i kind of have the fun job i just taste the food and you know i'll give my thoughts of like oh you know this could use a little something like this or what if we you know tried it as an entree or whatever else but other than you know those kind of like small bits of feedback chef really handles all of it it's entirely his creative genius which you know is what i wanted when you thought about opening gabs had you had a vision for not being the cooking side and partnering with someone and had you known uh chef before you decided to start gabs I did not know Chef before. Um, I was introduced to him by a uh, food rep, someone that used to sell made truffles at one of the other restaurants that I worked at. And she had worked with him and known him. And we really kind of just hit it off. I talked to a couple of other people. Um, I had originally thought that maybe I wanted a female chef in the kitchen and have like a really run space. But when it was right, it was right. And going into it, I... I knew that, you know, I would have to find a chef, but it would need to be somebody that was, you know, committed to like sustainability and seasonality. So, and I, I also feel like right now, a lot of the New York food scene as far as like, you know, fine dining and stuff is heading in that direction. People are way more centered around sustainability and the environment for the most part in the food world. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's, you're seeing it more and more. <clears throat> sorry um you're seeing it more and more either on in social media or on their um, their website or even just on the menus and, and people talking about it and making it a more known part of their uh their brand and their mission um so i love that you guys are doing that and making that a key part especially from the beginning um i have a burning question as someone who loves to cook myself and invite people over for dinner parties how can i create a great dinner party from food from energy like if you were going to get like if you were going to give anyone who's listening to this keys on how to throw a great dinner party what are your keys um my advice would be to create like moments of like communal moments where you know say you have a cocktail that's batched so as soon as somebody walks in like whether it's a punch or like a hot toddy in like a giant thermos, something that like as soon as people walk in, you're pouring it for 
everybody. And so then everybody's kind of talking about like, oh, this drink is really good. Like, what is this? On top of the fact that like, it also saves you from spending all of your time, you know, like making drinks for everybody or having everybody like kind of line up at like the bar area to kind of fix themselves like a a cocktail or a mocktail or whatever it is. It's just kind of like centers the beginning of your dinner party around like conversation and eases you know people into like spending time together and the other thing that i would say is for like the food and the dinner i mean atmosphere is really important so like i like a lot of flowers or like big candles on the table like dark lighting kind of want to like set the stage where people feel like oh this is like a moment somebody really put like a lot of time and love and heart into like setting this table for us all to be together and um for the food i think you know when i have a dinner party i try to make things again that prevent me from being in the kitchen the entire time while my guests are over so like a slow roasting beef bourguignon or like a pot roast or a you know, like a stew or, or a lasagna or something that can be in the oven and warm. And then you, like when it comes time to dinner, you pull it out and everybody can just sit so that, you know, you're not distracted from your guests. Something that, you know, is you've already made it, you spend the whole day cooking. And then when everybody's there, you get to sit and eat and enjoy because they're there to see you and you're kind of the one that is leading the experience. And so you want to be fully present with your guests and show them a good time and obviously some great music too you know no that's perfect i think i struggle the most with the being present aspect i love cooking either like very complicated meals or and oftentimes those are the tastiest i know some some things like a slow roast uh that you can put in the oven really has a lot of payoff if you do the work early um but I found myself kind of doing a lot of the work as people are there, which is usually why there's like three or four people there. So they're all kind of able to hang out with themselves. But that is a great point um, that you're entered, like you are kind of in charge of entertaining them and not necessarily that they, they need to be entertained, but it's also like you want to be able to spend time with them and engage with them. And that's kind of why you're all together. So if you're trapped in the kitchen, um, cooking a meal that doesn't necessarily need any help from anyone else. They're kind of just like, how can I help? And you're right. shooting them away. Trust me, I've learned because I've made this mistake a thousand times. I love a complicated meal and I like have had people over and I'm trying to pull off like a six course meal in my tiny New York city apartment. And like there's pots on the floor and I'm just like, you know what? Something that we can just like, late in 30 seconds and I can actually sit and have you know a glass of wine people end up having a much nicer time than watching me scramble around the kitchen I that made me think of um my biggest pet peeve as a cook which is like every time I finish a complicated meal and then everyone dilly dallies to serve themselves and I'm just like I just crushed this dinner and I worked so hard and it's perfect right now if you guys don't play play it up right now and start eating, I'm going to be so upset. Um, do you have a, a pet peeve for one kind of your personal life in the kitchen and then uh, as a restaurant operator and owner? Uh, I feel like my pet peeve is bad, but it's the truth, which is that like, I really don't like help. Like 
I don't like when somebody's like, oh, let me at least just like chop this vegetable. It's like if I'm in it, like I am hyper focused and I'm doing everything and like I don't want anybody else in my way, kind of. And in the restaurant, as far as the kitchen, you know what? I worked with this chef, um, Michael Jenkins, and he is amazing. And he has big pet peeve, which I feel like is a really good one, is that he really hates when people walk into the kitchen and say, hey, chef, hey, chef. It's like he has 10,000 things going on. Like he's like reading the expo board and is keeping an eye on four different steaks that are supposed to be cooked at like four different temperatures. And table 23 has like a nut allergy. And like the servers or like the manager or me are walking in there in the middle of this like thought process being like, hey, chef, is the food ready for table 26? Like the food will be ready when the food's ready. Like don't talk to chef. That's awesome. No, yeah, you're, I haven't been in a professional kitchen where I am cooking four steaks at four different temperatures. I think even cooking four steaks at four different temperatures for my friends would be very stressful. Um, Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I don't have them asking me where the bathroom is when it's right next to the door that they just opened uh, to ask me where the bathroom (laughs) is. Um, That's really good. No, I, I totally agree that when I'm in the kitchen, doing the the meal prep and doing the work i'm like not to not to steal all the credit for it but i'm like i'm I'm doing this work for the meal i kind of want to do the whole meal like if you want to cook for me please cook for me but i'm gonna cook for you so just just chill and let me cook for you this time right now like with my girlfriend i kind of have the same thing like sometimes we'll do like she'll like make a charcuterie board or something and i'll do the the pasta but i'm like I can do the whole dinner tonight. If you, if you want to cook for me, please, by all means, uh, take, cook me, cook me dinner. Uh, but I'm going to do the whole one tonight. Yeah. I totally get that. Um, I had a fun question that was Ratatouille related. Um, in Ratatouille, there's the, the critic ego, Mm -hmm. uh, and he's portrayed as a super bad guy. Although he has a heart of gold, we see at the end. Um, how would you describe, having to deal with food critics in New York? Oh, I mean, it's so scary. It's completely unpredictable. And like, you never know. I mean, we have like, you know, our PR person give us like a book of people to look and study so that you know. And like, you kind of know the big ones, like Pete Wells from the New York Times and all of these people. So that like, when they walk in, you would be aware. But you know, like at Gaps, we had somebody come in and I didn't know who they were. And they sat at this table and it's on the banquet. And behind them, they had this beautiful lily and, you know, flower in a vase that I thought was like so stunning. It was like center on display in the window. But, you know, lilies have a very strong smell. And it's a mistake that my mother never would have made. She is like very against having smells contribute to your meal. And I totally get that. But, you know, I just, that's what I grabbed from the market that day to put as the flower on the banquet. And for her, it just smelled like really, really strong and really badly. So I would say that like, it's like having any other kind of guess is that you just never know what people are going to like or what people are going to notice or 
what they're going to connect to and what they're not going to connect to. And so it's a complete toss up. But for me, I guess it goes back to, you know, the idea that like every single guest counts or like, as they say, you know, in the bear, like every second counts. And it's just so true. Like you never know who anybody is or what their experience is that day or what they've been through or why they're going out to dinner or if, you know, they just had somebody pass away or if they're celebrating something or anything like that. And so they're coming out for like a luxury of dining out and you have to treat each and every single one of those guests with like an extreme level of care and try to tap into them. And it's, like it's nearly impossible but if you have a really good team you know and you're engaged with the guest experience then having a critic in you know it really shouldn't be different than having any other guest in like if they don't like your restaurant then like that's it but if you feel like you put 110 percent on the table every single day then you should have nothing you know to worry about um that's awesome because I also immediately thought of the parallel to Kobe Bryant talking about why he never took uh, a sick game unless he was like completely injured and out of the game is that um, you never know who's coming to the arena that night who's this is their only chance to see you play in their entire life and if you don't play for them right now they went to go see Kobe Bryant and they never got to see him play because he rode the bench that night um, and similarly you never know who's coming into your restaurant um, if it's the only time that they'll be able to go or if they have a bad experience, if they won't come back, I think it's a lot, um, it's very similar to trying new foods and how, if you have one bad experience with say an oyster or, uh, a, a clam or any of those things, you're pretty much scarred. You're like, eh, I don't like those. If someone offers you another one, you're like, no, I don't like those. Even though you've only tried one and you could have had a bad experience. So I think that's a great way to describe that. Like, Every second does count and every guest does count, whether they're a critic or just your average Joe, um, their experience matters. And I, th I think that it's, it's super important to kind of have that standard for yourself and the restaurant, but at the same time, recognize um, kind of the difficulties in keeping such a high uh, kind of bar set for yourself. And I think we, we see a lot of that from the bear. Um, I especially loved Richie's journey from like my least favorite character to uh, the most attentive and detail oriented character who's really focused on the guest experience. Do you guys do anything similar to that? Or is there, um, have you, have you and your team developed any signals or are you guys like super attentive to why people come in or anything that's kind of comparable to that in the bear? Yeah. I mean, you know, I Google every single guest that comes in for dinner every single night. Like I, who work very hard to know exactly who is coming in, like who they are and like why they may be in the city or if they live here, if they work around the corner, if this may be a business dinner or anything like that. And I take, you know, notes on that. And I also take notes on people that dine here. If they tell me that, oh, like they love that bottle of wine, like I make sure that I note that in their, you know, reservation on their profile. Or like if they always come in for the steak to like, make sure that you know we have like a beautifully cut steak for that person or whatever else but uh also if people like know a special occasion we try to go above and beyond and do like things in our own gab's way you know like 
somebody passed the bar exam the other day that was here and um she was just out with her girlfriends to celebrate and so when we brought the dessert at the end and we put like this big candle in and we played the law and order theme song as we brought it to the table and they just thought it was like hilarious and so fun and it's like we do a lot of little things like that where you know we go above and beyond yeah i want to just applaud you because that little detail even just like play like you didn't have to get anything else like playing the law and order theme song just shows them immediately that you guys are in the know and that probably made such a big difference to them in their experience they're probably still talking about it and when they recommend to friends the restaurant they'll be like oh my god Brittany passed the the bar and when they brought out a little dessert for her they were playing law and order it was so amazing like you have to go and it's just like I think if anyone has a, a good experience at your restaurant if they have something little like that um, no matter what it is whether it's a song or a, a little note or or having that cut steak for them it's like those details are so massive to everyone because it makes them feel like you took the time out to think about them individually as a guest, which obviously you have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's super important. Like how often do those things really happen? And so like, I get a lot out of it too. Like it brings me so much joy when we can have somebody that has like such a nice time, you know, it's, it's, that's like the best thing ever. That's the goal. When do you, like, what is the preparation process look for, look like for you? Do you have a specific time that you kind of, go through and, and look at all the day's reservations and do a little bit of research? I mean, pretty much every day, you know, um, like in the mornings, like I check the reservations and I'll go through and like Google them or look at any notes. And then um, when we come to pre-shift that day with the team, I go over all the notes with the team and let them know, you know, like, oh, hey, it seems like they work at Squarespace, which is, you know, the building on the corner here. So they're a neighbor and the office is right across the street. So like, let's make an extra good impression and thank them for coming in. Or I try and, um, especially for like repeat guests, like on their second time or third time to always send something to the table and tell them how much we appreciate, you know, repeat business because we're a new business and like we're in, we, we need to build our community of people. So for somebody to come back twice and in a huge city like New York with like a million amazing restaurants, like we try to highlight those things. No, that's incredible. I was talking to uh, Max Ramapore. He is the one of the owners and operators of Giada. It's a it's a deli in LA based off of kind of New Jersey sandwich and uh, Italian inspired delis. Uh, but he was talking a very similar thing about how in Montclair, New Jersey, we have these delis that are a real staple of the community and that kids walk to every day during lunch and you'll you'll see people there on the weekends people know your name and kind of how important that aspect of community is uh when kind of trying to establish yourself in the area so that's really cool and i definitely agree like there are so many amazing restaurants in new york that i you walk by every day and you just don't know because you've heard from a friend of a friend to try this place out and you tried it and you liked it um and so you go there again and i feel like as you find amazing restaurants it's like the chance that you'll try somewhere new either decreases or increases like for me i feel like it sometimes it goes down just because uh, i'm there so infrequently that if i find someone somewhere that i really like i'll go back and visit it again um and i feel like that definitely pulls me away from trying new places just because i don't hear about new places as often absolutely i mean 
I was like, I'm like a regular kind of person. Like I like to go places that like, I know the people there have had a connection or like, I feel comfortable, you know? And after this year, I've really made a point of like trying to go and try new places. Like a coffee shop opens up on this street, you know, like I'll go in first day and like try to introduce myself or let them know, you know, that we're here as a community or whatever else, because like those little things that people did when we opened here or stopping by or asking or introducing themselves were like so huge that now I'm like a big advocate of like, okay, if there's a new restaurant, we should go and try it. Or if there's a restaurant on the street that looks like it's slow, then maybe we should go and give them some business because, you know, you feel it really intensely every day here. Like a slow day in a new business is, you know, is the difference between making or breaking and so like showing support to smaller businesses is really really important no that that makes a lot of sense and it makes me think about um gary v he's a he's a marketer and entrepreneur mm-hmm. um but he talks he talked a lot about cross-pollination of brands recently because of taylor swift and travis kelsey and how more people are familiar with each other's brands because of their relationship have you at gabs ever thought about doing any kind of like um, cross-pollination collaborations with other places, whether it's putting a drink on the bar menu that is um, maybe a special at another bar, like a, a drink from Bartuzzi or something, or even in the same light, taking a, a menu item and swapping with another restaurant. Yeah, you know, I would really love to do something like that. And I've talked to like our PR person who loves doing things like that. And obviously I have a lot of relationships with other restaurateurs in the city um like we just did last month a pop-up with dose mezcal and that came to be because you know they're a woman-owned mezcal brand that just started a year ago around the same time as us and she was her and her name happens to be gabby like two of the founders names are gabby so they were having dinner and we do this thing here where you know all the gabby's write their own gaps logo for this wall and so I started chatting with them because I was like, oh, you need to do the Gab's logo. And she told me about her brand. And so now, you know, we just did our first pop up and we just sat down yesterday. and We're talking about doing something for Women's Month or like having one of the founders in here to do, you know, a hospitality yoga class and like other things like that. So it's definitely something that I would love to do more and more of especially as we get through you know like our first year it's like now we've kind of seen that those things are really successful that people love that kind of like collaboration or engagement on a different level than just going out to like a regular dinner if they have like a reason to go and try something like creative and new then they're gonna show up so for sure that is something i want to work on in the next year no that's really cool and i'm sure the the planning and infrastructure involved in creating those events around the actual schedule, of the restaurant, you're like, I have to shut down for this night and somebody has a reservation and it probably is just like such a headache, but also there's so much reward on the other side from having that exposure and, and creating that community with, with new people and also kind of expanding on the relationship you have with customers already. Um, I'm sure it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword of like, what, am, what do I want to put my time into at the moment? Yeah. Totally. I mean, right now it's, it's really just me. Like I don't have a manager or like a host. So I'm hosting the floor every single night and, you know, operating the business day to day. So it's a lot, but 
like on Sunday, we have a dinner theater that my friends, they just started their own theater company and so they wanted to have their first, you know, show here at Gab's and we have never done anything like this, you know, before and it's a total risk and, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be creative and fun and wild, but it's like, you don't know until you really push yourself to like coordinate and we could totally just like stay in the box and operate for dinner, but when you push yourself to kind of like, okay, I know this is going to be a lot of work, but if we just like, you know, put our minds together and make it happen, people are going to be really amazed and we're going to put together something really, really awesome. So for sure, the infrastructure is, it's difficult, but you're right. Like it's 20 times worth it. Like you're really putting something creative out there, which is what it's all about. Yeah. Are you guys doing any, filming of this hectic event that's going on like i mean do you have any plans to post a recap tiktok because i think that'd be really cool to uh to kind of see yeah i I definitely think we should that's a great idea is probably have somebody come and like shoot part of this for um for tiktok i I mean yeah i mean i know we're going to take videos and pictures but i haven't coordinated somebody to take actual footage but i think that we definitely should because it's going to be one of those things that maybe only happens every once in a while, but it's going to be really, really unique. And even if you guys just happen to take, you're like instruct everyone to take plenty of videos on their phones. If you're able to put that in a folder, I'd be happy to, uh, to edit like a short form content video for you guys. No, thanks. So that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I know your time's precious. So I just have one more question for you, um, before I let you go. Do you have any etiquette tips for people in restaurants? Something that still goes on or maybe something that you see that drives you absolutely crazy? I know there's a lot of different people in New York coming into these restaurants. Um, I don't like when people like wave down a server it doesn't happen that much here because it's a really small space and we have like a pretty intensive staff that are around but i see it happen at other places and i don't like like the arm waving in the air and um the other thing that's more of a pet peeve than it is even like an etiquette thing is that people oftentimes want to try to help the server um bust the table in a way so like they'll start stacking the plates and organizing the silverware but like we have very specific methods to which you know you bust a table and um i'm actually guilty of that so can you tell me (laughs) i am like the biggest i i will stack the plates and like hand plates off to people especially if like we're sitting in an eight across and there's, they're not going to be able to reach three people in. I'll like, so what's the pro, what is the proper etiquette, at least at Gab's? I would say that, like, if you see a server that is struggling to, like, reach, then push the plate towards them. But I would not recommend, like, stacking or, like, handing them things because, like, they have to balance it all. And so, like, they, you know, they pick up the the place and they stack them and then they organize the silverware underneath or other other things like that that it's just like let them take the lead and help when they look like you know 
they need a little bit of help. Got it. Okay. It makes me feel better because I think I, I actually do a pretty reasonable job in that, but I've definitely seen other people like they're already balancing like three plates and six bowls and they're going to like stack the last plate on top. So yeah. I, that's not me. So I'm glad to hear yeah. that. Um, what's, what's on the agenda for the rest of the day? Um, I need to finish my holiday decorations today um, and finish up uh, organizing stuff for the, the dinner theater on uh, Sunday. It's really the big thing this week. So, are you are you guys cutting half of the room and putting a stage on one half of the room? No. So we are not open for dinner usually on Sunday nights. The entire night is like dedicated to this event, and there are four short plays. So actually, one of them is going to take place in the bar, and people are going to stand around and watch these two people sit at the bar and have this play happen. And then everybody's going to move into the dining room and the remaining three plays are going to happen between courses of food. And they actually take place at a table in the center of the restaurant. So everybody's going to be sitting in the restaurant and then the play is going to happen in the middle of the restaurant at the table. It's, it's that... very like meta, like all of the plays are about people out to dinner in a restaurant. <laughs> honestly like i'm just picturing what that's gonna be like if i was just at a table and it just feels like i mean i don't know what the structure of the play is gonna be like but i'm just imagining it just feels like you're sitting there everyone's quiet and you're just listening to this one couple have an argument in the middle of the restaurant yeah that's kind of what it's like like i'll give you a sneak peek like one of them is about an influencer who's eating at the restaurant and they're taking a bite of the burger chewing it and then spitting it back out like after they're done taking their video and like things like that you know they're like really modern plays that's awesome i'm sure everyone's gonna have a great time and this probably won't be the first time you do this so you'll get better and better at operating on your your night off yeah i know yeah it's gonna be great i hope that we have lots more funky artsy weird events so if you got anybody send them our way we're always down for something crazy i absolutely will and i will make sure i make my reservation for the next time i'm in new york yes please do i look forward to it